podcast today. We are so excited. We have two very special guests and very special because they live, live as in work right next door to me. And so I'm so glad that I'm in their office, but we have the federal programs director, Alicia Rudd and the federal programs coordinator, Brent Kaufman here with us today. And we are excited to talk all things special ed and federal programs. Thanks, you guys, for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so we always start every episode with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. So how did you get to be the director and the coordinator? So if you want to talk about past educational experiences and work and then how you got to this point, we'd love to hear it. All right, well, I'll go ahead and begin. So I have been in education about 29, 30 years now. Um, Primarily as a school psychologist, worked a lot with the youth and custody students within the district. And then about eight years ago, I was appointed as principal of the Summit Center. And then the last seven years as coordinator, a lot of that because of the special education background. Awesome. And we are so grateful that you're with us, Brent. You, I think, know literally everything about special ed. Everything. (laughs) He is a good support. Is he a good right-hand man? Oh, he is the right hand. He is the right <laughs> hand. If we didn't have that right hand, I don't know what we'd do without Brent. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, Felicia. Well, I started out um, as a Title I teacher. Back in the day, they had Title I teachers mm-hmm. and not just technicians. So that was a different start. Yeah. And I did that for a year and then became a first grade teacher. And I taught first grade for nine years and then taught second grade for one year as I was getting my admin degree. And then went on to be a Title I coordinator because at that point it had changed from a teacher to just supporting classrooms in a Title I school. And then finally I became a principal at Mount Lofer Elementary for a few years and then went to Brookside Elementary as a principal. And before this position, I was um, the curriculum, elementary curriculum coordinator for five years, and I'm in my second year as federal programs. Wait, didn't you have a job before the elementary curriculum? Oh, I did. You did, because you mentored me, and that's that's how we built our relationship. (laughs) I was, yes. Have you tried to block that out? I think I was really, I was a hard (laughs) mentee. Oh, goodness. Yes, I spent two years as the new elementary principal mentor. Yes, yeah. before before curriculum. Before curriculum. So right. yes, and thank then you've you been in this position for two years. For two years. This is my second year. Second year. So not a full year yet. Full second year. You have you both have done a lot over the span of your careers here in Nebo. We are really lucky to have you both in in your positions. Yeah, I agree. So. I don't think all of our listeners know what we mean when we say federal programs. Some of them know, you know, what special ed is, but when we refer to uh, what the two of you do as federal programs, could you explain to them what that is? Do you want to talk special ed, and then I'll talk the other? So I'll start with special education, which is basically, it's a birth through 22 program in the state of Utah. Zero to two is taken care of through um, in NEBO, kids who count, and once they turn three, and on, then testing can be done to see if a student qualifies for some early intervention services. 
and then from there we have a whole host of employees within the district. We have actually close to just over 650 employees that the special education coordinator and director supervise to make sure that students receive um, appropriate um, free education for their students, uh, along with a lot of the related services and educational services that they need to progress. So before we go into federal programs, I want to piggyback on on special ed. Anytime before I was an educator and I heard of special ed, I really thought of math, reading, maybe some writing. But I had a three-year-old who qualified for special education services for speech. So what what encompasses special education? So an evaluation is completed, a comprehensive evaluation to determine what are the needs for the student within the educational environment, and those often include math, reading, and writing. Um, it can also be listening comprehension and oral expression. There are speech services. There's mental health services that fall under the psychologist. We have um, fine motor and gross motor skills through our occupational therapist and uh, physical therapist, and then we have a number of team members to support them. There's a lot of behavioral needs, so we have intervention um, team members that support students with behavior. We additionally have um, hearing services, vision services, and probably services from time to time that are very unique to the students that we have to consider and either provide or find other ways to provide that service for them. So wow. it's, it's so much more than just your traditional classroom learning that, that we think of when we think of school. Right? Yeah. Really, we should think about what is going to help this child be successful. So if it is speech services or if it is hearing services, we can provide that so that they can be successful in the least restrictive environment. Yeah, absolutely, and a lot of plans to support that with accommodations and other other supports as well. So. Wow. So if you think about that, it spans 0 through 22. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Is. So we have zero students to... Students across the gamut. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Clear to post high. That's awesome. Fantastic. Okay, Alicia, federal programs. Okay. Our department is over special ed. That's one of our federal programs. And Brent is the rock star of our special ed he program. Is, yes. He really is. And then we are also, we have Title One. Title One is a federally funded program that takes into two accounts. We look at the census every 10 years and see where our area is with the census. And then from year to year, we go from the free and reduced lunch totals. And that helps us determine which schools will be Title I. And in our district, we fund, we have lots of Title I schools in our district, but we choose to do an early intervention program. So we only fund the elementary schools with support in in secondary schools. So we currently have eight Title I schools that are in our elementary, and we have um, Title I coordinators that help us run those programs within the school. So One of the things that she's really done is has increased the preschool presence of Title I as mm -hmm. well, so a l even earlier early intervention to help support that there's readiness skills by the time they get to kindergarten. I so was really... Thank you. For that. So, what's really the goal of, of the Title One program? What what is it that they're doing in the schools? What are they trying to help those students with? Okay, good question. And this is the reason that we did add our Title One preschools, is we are trying to give those um, underserved or students that don't have the same backgrounds of other students. We try to give them the most support we can, both academically, socially, behaviorally, so they can be successful in school. 
Yeah, I, I would say, you know, we have a lot of highly mobile students. We have a lot of students that um, have come from different circumstances that really just have not had any educational pre-academic schools skills. Yes. So really, we're, we're trying to give them that same foundation that, that some students get in either their home or social circles that they don't get because of, of other circumstances. Right. We're trying to level the playing field. Okay. Great. Exactly. And then because they're Title I schools, we have other things that we have to consider because it's a federal program. So we have to make sure we have the best support in those schools because schools can become... TSI or CSI schools, which receive extra support from state, if we if we're not supporting the students in those schools, so Title One is a big job. Title One is a really like big it. job, yes. And I love that Brent pointed out the emphasis in preschool because, as a principal in a Title One school at one time, I loved that that was going to be part of your focus. Was if we can start early and get these students in school when they're three that just gives them more of a leg up and be being able to like you said um, level the playing field um, as opposed to waiting until they're five or six to get into school so I love that that was a a big focus of yours so thank you and a shout out to our own Lindsay Hughes right here she was a title one principal that took herself out of CSI yes so Yes. She was the first Yay. and only. We don't have any canned that. applause, so we're going to do the real thing. Yep. Oh, thanks, Alicia. So what are some of the other programs that fit under um, federal programs in addition to Title I? Okay, our next one is Title Three, which is our ELD program. We used to refer to that as ESL, but now mm-hmm. it's English Language Development. And that is for our formerly known ELL students, which we now call multilingual learners. Title III program are for students that come into our schools that speak another language than English in their homes. So we have many, many languages spoken in our homes that we are trying to support through that. And also part, and I forgot to mention that um, we have a migrant program, Mm -hmm. but that's actually considered a Title I program. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. I did not know that Many think that it is housed under our Title III, and it's not. It's a Title I program. So we also have students that come in as migrant, meaning that they are coming in as newcomers to our country, and they have come to our area to work in agriculture. Mm -hmm. That's the main reason that they, they come. And so sometimes, because families are traveling around the country looking for that kind of work, that the education is interrupted, and we need to provide extra support so that's why it falls under title one is it because of the academic not the academic the economic Economic. part of that okay and and not because of the language and didn't know that that's where it fits so that's most most of those migrant workers speak spanish so we just assume that it's under title three but it's not interesting yeah thank you for teaching us something today And then our last one is um, Title VI, which is our American Indian Ed. And that program is for anyone that has heritage or some background. They can actually go back two generations and qualify to be part of that program. And we have a robust after-school program that 
we have in all three areas of our district in Springville, Spanish Fork, and um, Payson. And they help our students learn. It is actually such a good program to help students find their culture, to remember where their ancestors came from, even if in the home right now they don't practice that. Um, one of the things that I love is every summer they have a summer camp that teaches them how to do crafts, um, dances. They, they make their um, traditional clothing and they also put up teepees every day. They have a, a full-size teepee that they put up and take down every day. It's just an experience that those students Need. I loved learning about the Indian Ed program. We actually mm -hmm. did a podcast episode. So if you would like to go back to October 24th on our Finding Nebo, you will hear all about the Indian Ed um, and the incredible ladies that are a part of this program, really helping it run. Um, I am so impressed with that program. It's incredible. Yeah. They've built so many good connections with their kids. In fact, they, this program was nationally recognized in Nebo because of their graduation rates, which continue to be maintaining at very high rates. And so and it's because of the connection to education and their culture and their identity that helps them pull their confidence forward. Yeah, it was it was really fascinating learning about that program and everything they do. I I wanted to go be a part of it. It was yes. <laughs> it was quite the experience for those students that get to get to be a part of that. They truly go above and beyond. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting to listen to their story um, mm -hmm. because they one of them grew up in the program and then now yes. is a part of being a leader in the program because it meant so much to her um, when she was growing up. So anyway, really really cool. Um, so thinking about special ed and federal programs, so you just gave us an overview of the programs. Brent, specifically to special ed, um, if I had a student that maybe I thought was, was struggling or falling further and further behind, what could I do as a parent? What advice would you give to a parent to help their student and, and they don't know where to go, they don't know where to start, wh what advice would you give them? Uh, so I would always say start with the teacher because they're going to see if those same patterns are being evidenced in the classroom. Usually mm -hmm. they're pretty consistent between home and school, but sometimes there's a real disparity between the two. And so um, working with them because one of the parts of special education is implementing interventions prior to going straight to testing in most cases. And so that gets you and the teacher on a situation where you can start to identify what are the needs, can we do something to intensify the support for them in the classroom first, and maybe even some of the other um, resources that teachers have at their disposal. They, they have a number of programs at their school that run beyond what is taught within the classroom. And then finally, if you want more specific strategies on behavior or skills at home, um, we do have school psychologists within the schools that can support that. If it's language needs, we do have a speech therapist that you could consult with um, you know, early on to get some ideas. Uh, we do have a website that we're adding more and more materials for, um, particularly at the preschool early intervention level at this point. I love that you said start with the teacher. Um, I 
definitely agree with that. And we want parents and teachers to be on the same page. Um, we want, both of us want what is best for the student. And so to collaborate and, and figure out um, what the next steps are. The other thing I was going to add is that I was I was a person that thought, oh my gosh, this, this is taking too long. Like we're they need help right now. Um, but I am an advocate of the process that is in place for um, helping our students, that we don't go from general ed straight to an IEP just because they a student is struggling. Um, I have seen time and time again as a teacher, as a principal, that when we put interventions into place, that that's actually all that student needed was a little bit of an intervention um, to either get caught up or to make it make sense or whatever whatever the issue is. They, they didn't have a learning disability. They did not need special education services. They just needed an, um, an intervention. Um, and so I'm an advocate of that as much as, and so that's maybe another piece we want to tell parents is, is that if we are looking into special services, it takes time because we want to make sure that those services are what that child needs as opposed to just an intervention. So we've gotten to know you a little bit um, professionally, right, and and a little bit about what you do in your department. We also like our guests to get to know you personally so that they can put uh, a person with the name that that they're hearing or reading or um, associating with. So why don't you take just a few minutes and tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you like to do in, in your spare time? What, tell us a little bit about your families, activities you enjoy doing, maybe something uh, that we didn't know about you. All right. Well, I, this is Brent. I grew up in Oklahoma and uh, got out here in my early 20s mostly, going to BYU and, and some other things that eventually led me to Utah. I've had a great experience here throughout my career. Um, so I have six kids. They keep me quite busy. Um, I keep, um, I get excited that they're doing jobs and doing things. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. They're progressing through life. And um, but on top of that, because we have a large family, we also like to go and do things together a lot. And so we spend mm -hmm. a lot of time either jeeping or walking the beach or hitting Disneyland from time to time. And with Oklahoma being my background, I like to watch a lot of the Sooners and Cowboys <laughs> on, on TV on the weekends. Yeah. So that's something that occupies me. Something my brother got me into a few years ago was some Ironmans. He signed me up kind of as a white elephant gift. And <laughs> it's something that I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and tell us about your uh, success with that, because I know it's not just been a, a hobby. One and done. Right? Yeah. It's, uh, no, it's now four have been completed. Wow. Uh, the first one was the hardest one for me. I wasn't quite as prepared as I thought it would be in an open swim. And the ocean is really kind of scary the first time you do that when it's really yeah. high waves and um, little me. So <laughs> maybe fish food. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's turned out really good. I've had some struggles with some injuries along the way. But on top of that, they've all been repaired. And I've, uh, it's good. I, it's taught me overall how to be healthy, eat healthier, be healthier. And it's helped my family come along as well. So we a lot of times have our bikes lined up together and we have five or six of us in my in one of our rooms working pedaling away so it's fun that's awesome <laughs> that is great okay alicia and as for me um i was born and raised in spanish fork so i was a park panther yeah, yeah. 
and then went, you know, all the way through Nebo schools. I ended up being a Spanish work don, so I bleed red and gray. Will always mm -hmm. bleed red and gray. Um, and then went off to school. I originally thought I wanted to be a lawyer. So I guess I could be sitting with Jeff, Jeff. Peterson yeah. right now. <laughs> I was a paralegal for a very short time and decided that, you know, there were more kids that I wanted to help because I was a domestic violence clerk and just the things mm -hmm. that I saw with families, I wanted to be on the other side and help students, you know, break some cycles. And so I became a teacher and... It was the best thing that ever happened. And then um, I married a boy from Salem. So we have family around us. And I have three kids. Mm -hmm. My youngest just graduated from college in the spring and will be starting into her next program. And, and I just found out, what, last week, Lindsay? Yes. I am going to be a grandma for the first time. Oh, wow. So Congratulations. Moving into the next phase of their lives. That's exciting. Yeah, we're just busy at home. My kids have puppies, and they love their puppies. And so I was first a puppy nana, but now I get to be a human nana, and I can't wait. That's and a lot more fun. Yeah. One thing that you want to know about Alicia is that the woman is always no. reading. Oh, yeah. And yes, multiple yes. books at a time. Not just one, and it's it's not even pleasure. She might have one pleasure book in there, but the rest of them are all, how does she learn more about the position that she's in and helping teachers and helping students? And I don't know if she lifting sleeps. Right. Yes, lifting others. Yeah, if you um, ever need a recommendation for a book, Alicia oh, is the person. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Also, shout out to my little sister, who's also a teacher. Yes. Woo. At Barnett Elementary. Natalie Buchanan. Woo-woo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Brent, let's talk a little bit about more than in-the-classroom help in SPED. What else do we have available for our SPED students? We've started to see teachers really take on some opportunities for these students. So, one of the things that actually has been helpful at the college level is we've had Utah State and um, Utah Valley. They've increased... Um, through their Aggies Elevated and Wolverines programs, uh, students with autism and other disabilities be able to access college campuses and be able to live on there, live the campuses and increase their skills. We also, at the high school level, have increased our presence in sports through what's called the Unified Sports Program, which mm -hmm. is kind of an offshoot of Special Olympics that are preparing our students for those opportunities and giving them exposure. Uh, we have been involved, I know goalball goal is one of those um, uh, experiences that the student have. that's kind of an indoor um, activity that if you're blind, you can still use a ball to, to participate in a sport. Wow. And then there's also soccer and basketball and other sports that our kids participate in, and that's turned into a really big setting. Our post-high program is really awesome in that it really supports our students back into the community and trying to get them so that they can participate without disruption 
you know, that's one of the hard things for some of our parents. They can't even get out to the grocery store, to a restaurant. We just teach them how to have skills so that they can go to those places and be able to enjoy that. the experience. Wow. So yep. we really are helping our students after high school as well. We're not just getting them through our program, our, our, our schools and then setting them loose. We really are trying to set them up for success for their life. Absolutely. And I love that. Learning mm-hmm. skills to, to enjoy life along the way and not just be at the beck and call someone else. Yeah. Well, and the thing, I, I got to go watch them do uh, unified soccer earlier uh, this year, the school year, and I spent the whole day down there. And the, the, the group that, um, that was participating was made up of both students who were receiving special ed services and students who are not just, and they are there more as a mentor. And to me, it was phenomenal to watch them interact and how it built relationships and helped them understand each other. And, and really it did something I think for both groups of students. And it, it kind of eliminated a lot of those lines that we sometimes draw between ourselves, right? We, yeah. as, as humans, we sometimes like to segregate ourselves into groups, and, and we look at each other differently. And it was fascinating to me to watch how those lines had, had been blurred or even removed with those students. It's pretty cool. There's a project going on here at the ALC right now. We have students in wheelchairs that can't really re- um, participate in some of our track in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so they're actually building, um, I would call them, we don't even know what they are, gadgets or <laughs> something <laughs> to be able to have these students participate in um, some of the races uh, kind of through a electric vehicle kind of cool. process, mm-hmm. you know, electric wheelchair or something wow. that they can actually have races against each other. So look at that. You've got individuals yep. saying, how can I help this group and be a part of it and be a part of that day that we do at the end of the year. So, That's so well, awesome. And just a shout out to all of our teachers, regular ed, special ed, um, ALC. Hard hours. They work hard for all of our students and all of these federal programs and we couldn't do it without them. Agreed. Yep. And as we sometimes know, teaching, we don't get enough thank you. So I would really like to say thank you to all the teachers out there. Absolutely. Agreed. I agree. Awesome imaginers. Yes, we do. Yep. Okay, so at the end of the episode, we always have a question that we ask our guests. And so we have the same question that we're going to ask the two of you. And it's not a hard question, but at the same time it is. (laughs) (laughs) That question is, what three words or phrases would you like people to use when describing Nebo School District? Hmm, That's a good one. (laughs) I would say welcoming. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I would say listening. Like, I think we really do try to get beyond that moment. Mm-hmm. We really want to yeah. hear yeah. what is behind maybe the, the outburst or the anger or the whatever is happening, right? We really want to listen to what they're, what they're trying to tell us. Because we... When it comes down to it, want the same thing for their student that that they do. Yep. Yeah. And I would say hardworking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have teachers, um, paraprofessionals, admin. At every level of our district, we have people that continue to work hard every day. Yep. Agreed. I agree. 
Yeah, it's a great place to work. Been we will take those. I love it. So. Yes, we will take those three words from the both of them. Yeah. Combine and make them three. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, you two, for coming today. It has been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit better and learn more about special ed and federal programs in Nebo School District. Yes, thank you. Thank you, fun. Seth and Lindsay, for having us. It is that time in the episode where we are going to shout out some incredible employees across the district. Compliments of Murdoch Ford. We are so grateful for Murdoch Ford and their willingness to support our educators across the district with a free oil change. So thank you, Murdoch Ford. Our first recipient is Rhonda Hare. She is a CTE specialist at the ALC. Rhonda is an all-around wonderful woman. She excels in providing mentorships and total support for Apple teachers working through the licensing process. Additionally, her love and support for students enrolling in the CE process or needing extra support in their studies is obvious through her relentless efforts to increase understanding and identify student need. Rhonda is the epitome of kindness and intentional positive effort combined. Her support for the CAPS program, project-based learning, and professional skill building is unending. Rhonda Hair shines a positive reflection of the good happening in Nebo School District. Thank you, Rhonda, and congratulations. Congratulations, Rhonda. Our next recipient is Anna Palmer, who works for Nebo Online Schools. And Anna's nominator says the following. Anna is very kind and compassionate to teachers, students, and everyone she's involved with. She's always wanting to help. She goes above and beyond to make everyone feel comfortable and accepted. So congratulations, Anna. Congratulations, Rhonda and Anna. Thank you so much for going above and beyond in your positions and making our district incredible. And thank you again to Murdoch Ford for sponsoring our wonderful employees. Thank you, Murdoch Ford. 